I love a natural look with some shimmer. I love that lightly soft contour, but add of course some shimmer and some blush, some highlighter, a whisk of eyeliner on the outer edges, and of course a strong lengthening mascara that does not clump or flake. That's basically the look I usually go for. So whether you like a more natural look or full glam or somewhere in between, you'd love Thrive Cosmetics because you're not only getting quality cosmetics, but you're also contributing to a good cause. And you also might already know of them as they have a pretty viral, vibrant turquoise tube on social media for their mascara and it is a game changer. It is. I'm so happy that Thrive Cosmetics is not just stunning, but also 100% vegan and cruelty-free and it's packed with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Their high-performance formula set the bar high with uncompromising standards, so no wonder their bestsellers boast thousands of glowing five-star reviews. And what also makes them even more special is that every purchase with Thrive Cosmetics contributes to making communities thrive, hence the name. I mean, it's also spelled C-A-U-S-E medics, Thrive Cosmetics. So it's not just about beauty. I mean, they're truly about giving back. So with your support, they donate products and funds to support communities in need through responsive giving. That's why they've been my beauty obsession since 2020. I've been using their Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara since 2020. I mean, this is a magical mascara that lasts all day without a hint of clumping or smudging or flaking. And removal is a breeze as all I need is warm water and a washcloth. Pretty simple. And also here's the best part. The nourishing ingredients in this flake free tubing formula not only gives you the length and definition that you crave, but also it supports longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It's a love story for your lashes. So Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E. T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 20% off your first order. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.
for manifestation, I think if you're hearing this and you haven't started practicing magic, you know, this is a, a tip that can help you rather than hinder you in the way that most people start practicing is try to figure out how you can make your dreams and your desires be of service to people and to inspire people or to be something that isn't just for you. You're allowed to want to accomplish things and have things just for you. But if you can really take the time to make that desire and take it to the next level and elevate it and make it about service, you'll most likely get it tenfold. Now let the magic begin. Hello and Jai Ma, Jai Ma Yomis. It's Raquel and welcome to Your Own Magic, a soul expanding and heart opening podcast. And this episode is sponsored by Skillshare and Green Chef. More on them in the midst of the episode and in the show notes. And I'm excited for this episode with Alex Kazemi, who is a Canadian pop artist, creative director, and author of Pop Magic, a simple guide to bending your reality. And this book has been recommended by Robert Greene, Bella Thorne, and even Madonna. And the foreword is by Rose McGowan. And he points the finger at manifesting all of these magical people into his life or simply sharing the book. Like when Madonna shared it on her Instagram story, the book sold out. Who would have thought? <laughs> Pretty awesome. Anyway, you'll hear more about that in the episode. And this episode is full of gold of what I know most of you like to hear about most from magic, magic with a K, to manifesting, to uncovering your own magnetism and why people like Ariana Grande are very powerful manifestors and extremely magnetic. Ariana Grande was a random example. I just opened the book and she was the example that popped out. Oh, and we also talk about the magic of Kabbalah. I love to learn more about and he's inspired me to dive even deeper into it. Oh, and we also touch on why he doesn't use social media anymore. In fact, his reasoning really resonated and it was something that my soul was already speaking through to me but I just never pulled the plug however last night the night of September 4th you're listening to this on the 6th likely but last night was September 4th during the waning Leo moon and at that time I decided to pull the plug on my Instagram and disable it Temporarily, of course, it wasn't a permanent delete. You know, I didn't fully commit to it because I do feel like I want the option to go back on when I'm ready to, but I've been wanting to disable my Instagram for so long now, for so many reasons, just during this season of my life. And what's so synchronistic is that, oh, oh my gosh, there's a beautiful blue jay. <gasps> okay. Amazing. I'm going to take that as another amazing sign. But this morning around 5 something a.m. I looked out and I saw the waning moon before the sun was rising. And it was just a slight little crescent smile. It was so beautiful to see. And I go downstairs to light a candle and read some of Alex's book. And I open up to page 103. And right away it says a guide to the moon phases. I was like, oh, Let's see what he has to say about the waning moon. And he writes, 
This is the two weeks when the moon is decreasing and darkening. The dark of the moon is the window between the full moon and the new moon. This is the time for workings involving decreasing anything that does not serve you, shadow self alchemy, or turning darkness into light. Be careful during this time. Well, I'll tell you what. Instagram does serve a lot of humans and a lot of souls. It truly does, but just not mine, especially during the season of my life. Perhaps one day it will, but I've always known deep down for the longest time I needed to, and I had so many signs this past week that I decided to finally do it, and I didn't realize that right now was the perfect time to, to do it during the Leo waning moon of all moons. So it feels really good. I feel light and free and lifted and yeah but i'll still of course of course be on the facebook group solely to check in on the soul family in the euro magic facebook group which if you're not in the facebook group yet the link is in the show notes and we'd love to have you there for venting and releasing and healing and sharing your travel pictures or whatever you feel called to share except for of course business promotions and MLMs and you know I don't spot everything but others do and they report them and I take anything that's business related down immediately or anything political you know I like to respect all beliefs politically so I don't like any politics on there everything else that has to do with your human and what your humans going through or your soul's insights and inspirations, whatever you want to share. The Yomis are there. They have your back (laughs) and it's a beautiful family, a beautiful community. And I'm so thankful for everybody who is actively sharing and lending their hand. Also, your own magic listeners have created best friendships from, I think the Facebook group is where they found each other knowing that they were in the same city which is wild and so so cool yeah so I'll definitely still be on Facebook from time to time because you know that's where my safe space is because that's where I feel like the real soul family is so I appreciate you so much just so you know everyone there and it's the morning of September 5th right now Ooh. Ooh, now the sun is rising and because the Rocky Mountains are quite smoky, sadly from wildfires, but the sun is extra vibrant with a pinkish and orange hue and it's lighting on the side of my window right now. So, so beautiful because it's now 7 a.m. and it's the morning of September 5th, which is always one of the dates that I mark and remember and commemorate my soul sister, Erica Nell, every year as she passed away on this day 13 years ago. And I'm going to read you this poem that she wrote when she was 12 years old, 12 years young, (laughs) so young, but you'll feel her old soul through this poem. When the final moon has cast upon life's remaining moment of comfort, and there is no future to ask why no contentment can be offered, darkness comes knocking, bringing destruction and sorrow. But... In the shadow of all this is a glimpse of light to borrow. Hope begins to sing, growing brighter with every encouragement, carrying with it happiness, satisfaction, and fulfillment. 
worry and confusion fade away under its wing. So just hang on to the light and don't let go for anything. Wow. Erica was 12 when she wrote that. <laughs> 12. Love you, Erica. Anyway, just wanted to honor her in every way I can on this day. But let's begin with the show, shall we? And now, I believe it is time to let the magic with a K begin with Alex Kazemi. Alex, I'm so thankful that you're on the show. And first, I want to begin by asking what is lighting you up most in this season of your life? Um, I think gratitude and appreciation is, is really lighting me up. You know, kind of time traveling back to times where I didn't really get to see the light and realizing how much light was around me and concealed. So just really appreciation and gratitude and really enjoying every moment. And I'm so grateful to be here. It's so amazing. Oh, I'm so grateful you are as well in that you said that you manifested coming on there, which I'm first of all, very flattered. But second of all, I'm curious how you did this. I can't wait to talk about manifesting and all the things with you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, You know, before I wrote my book, I, I wrote down that I wanted to to, to come here to uh, elevate consciousness because I'm so grateful for everything you do for the spiritual community and the space you've cre you've created and built to inspire people. And I just I had a lot of certainty and, and um, through some magical coincidences, it, it ended up happening in, in the material world. And yeah, through, through magic and, and desire to receive for the sake of sharing really and Kabbalah, that really helped me get here. I can just tell through, oh, we've only been communicating, Alex, through emails, but for whatever reason, I was like, okay, this is my kind of human. I already felt connected with you, with the way yeah. that you articulate everything. I was like, yay, I can't wait to finally connect. And here we are. And you even wrote a book yes. that has a catchy name, Pop Magic, with, by the way, guys, magic with a K, magic with a K, <laughs> which for those who don't know, what what is that kind of magic with a K, what makes it different? M-A-G-I-C-K. And what is the deeper metaphor behind your name pop magic? Well, I think, you know, magic could be defined as, um, you know, bending reality in accordance with your true will and, you know, using nature and the the universal laws to to manifest something with, with your will. And, you know, the reason I chose the title pop magic for the book was because I, in our society, we are so compelled by the illusions of pop culture. And, and we have such a huge association with the way that glamour looks. And it was kind of a way to shake up the occult community because the occult community is very like secretive and, you know, we're all like, you know, um, controlling the universe and we don't talk about it and we're reading Aleister Crowley and all this type of stuff. So I kind of wanted to be like, how can I make something accessible for everyone, you know, and, and make it approachable because these are the universal laws. If you study all different types of spiritualities, you'll know that you see the common occurrences and the same themes coming up. So, um, yeah, pop magic was really about, um, 
how you can manifest something so huge beyond your imagination and to not have limits on your beliefs of what you can create in this world. Oh my gosh, so beautifully said. And I think that everybody is at the edge of their seat with the mystery behind the occult community being so secretive. And many listeners have already have found access to this information or this information found them in some way, shape or form. And I learned recently that my grandma who passed away before I even was born was likely a part of it, which is very interesting to me, which doesn't surprise me as well. That's so cool. I know, right? I was like, what? My dad was like, yeah, she just would do all this seance stuff. And she loved tarot and she loved to, you know, gather herbs to do all these things. I was like, oh, okay. So grandma was a witch. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's the best news. I mean, it's our natural birthright. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And to find it in like the 40s is interesting. But I think that that's beautiful that more and more people these days, because, you know, there weren't as many people back then to have access to it. And in fact, it was frowned upon. And now everybody, well, I wouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people are becoming more open to it and see beyond what the original narrative about occults and witches are. And I think that that's so beautiful that people are becoming more open to the beauty of it and how it's going to help not only impact their life and help their life, but help the world. Yes, exactly. And I think when people first discover magic, you know, there's kind of like a beginner's phase where a lot of people seem to manifest um, from a place of lack and and, um, need. And, you know, they can sometimes create a lot of chaos in the beginning with manifesting because they're just starting out. And a lot of people have a lot of, you know, desire to receive for the self alone. But I think that is actually a part of your spirituality and your soul path. You have to go through that. You have to manifest things in the material world, accomplish your dreams to realize, well, what actually lasts? And you start to realize what actually lasts is the light you reveal when you help people and you are of service. Absolutely. So beautifully said. Your book sold out so fast and you give a lot of credit to the one and only (laughs) Madonna as she shared it with her, you know, cute little fan base, her small little fan base in this world. Yeah, that was wow. How does someone prepare themselves for that? Right? How did that happen? Um, Well, again, it happened because of magic and and Kabbalah. But um, because I when I wrote it, I kind of knew that, you know, what I was was doing was very aligned with a lot of um, her spiritual values. And um, I feel like she has always taken a chance on the underground and artists and people who are trying to make people question the reality around them. And again, through a series of crazy uh, magical coincidences, she ended up getting the book and I had absolutely no idea that was going to happen, everyone. So can you imagine how do, how do you, how do you react to your email blowing up about this thing that you like, I was leaving the gym and like, it was It's just such a surreal moment to even comprehend. And I also feel like what I learned from that manifestation was um, a lot of the things that we end up receiving through our magic is to accommodate our spiritual work and our soul work. It's to take us to the next level and to make us elevate as humans. Absolutely. I have major chills right now, Alex. That is so beautiful. And 
other amazing artists as well got their hands on it and they even gave you their stamp of approval. And I think that's so beautiful that you were able to manifest this magic. And we'll get into some specifics later when it comes to manifesting, but we were just talking about Madonna and I just really want to, because you wrote this down, speaking of Madonna, I'm curious, because she's part of Kabbalah, right? Yes. She's kind of popularized it in a sense too, or made it more mainstream or not mainstream but made it so the masses were aware of it right and she was vilified for it exactly oh of course she was because it's it's something that is unknown you know and that's what makes it more intriguing in my opinion kabbalah is very misunderstood and you say that yeah it's the most advanced form of magic so what is kabbalah why is it the most advanced form curious about all the things well kabbalah you mean it is a is a spiritual system that encompasses is all of the universal laws. So, you know, about manifestation, alchemy, you know, um, our soul work, you know, converting our, our negative astrological traits and our soul DNA to, to a positive, more um, ascended version of ourself. And it's really all about the baseline of Kabbalah is about reenacting something called Zim Zoom, which is restriction. And it's not like the restriction of like, oh, I'm, I'm, starving myself or I'm not doing, um, I'm not allowing myself to experience pleasure, but it's about changing your consciousness when you're in a state of lack and being patient and not being reactive. And then going back to that place with a state of abundance and consciousness to vibrationally match with the things that you desire. But also Kabbalah is really about doing your soul work and evolving and, and changing because, you know, a lot of people get upset when they first come to Kabbalah because they realize it's not like, oh, I'm just going to get everything that I want. It's really about working on the ego and the sense of self and changing that. And that's a lot of work and it never stops. And um, it, it really is the most powerful form of spirituality because, like I said, you can study all other spiritualities and come back to Kabbalah and see everything that you once learned reinterpreted to you. Mm, that's so beautiful. When were you introduced? Um, well, I actually was introduced through like a rock bottom period in like 2018, I think. That's what happened. <laughs> I was living a lot of chaotic, um, anxious attachment style cycles in my life and repeating history and uh, kind of, you know, as a cancer, I was blaming other people and, and seeing myself as a victim and I kind of had this light bulb moment where I was like, no, like there has to be, there, there has to be something about taking accountability and responsibility for my life around me. And really I just was, you know, I was always, you know, studying magic and, and whenever I came across a Kabbalah, it always seemed very intimidating and occult and complex and like calculus of magic. Like I just would always turn off, but suddenly my soul's vessel was suddenly craving it. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go do a Kabbalah one course at the Kabbalah center. And, um, oh my God, like immediately (laughs) my whole life like changed. And I have to say that I was very resistant to, um, because the, the, the ego, uh, death aspect of it, because when you're so mirrored in the type of, you know, personal development kind of bro magic, it's all about ego, you know, it's all about, oh, be the best, all that type of stuff. So to see the aversion to that and to really change and and to let go of my own beliefs and just trust this process was so life-changing. Right. Oh my 
gosh, that is so beautiful that this is what ended up helping heal you in so many ways. And I'm sure that now you're going to intrigue people in finding out more about it. And I'm also curious if any of the listeners, I want them to reach out if they're part of Kabbalah because I'm so interested in this. You, you had the you had the Queen Monica Berg on the show, which was so cool. Yes. Oh, I love her. I love her. Yeah, she is the queen <laughs> of Kabbalah. Yomis, you're not going to want to miss out on this offer to receive $100 off of your Green Chef order. Thanks to our sponsor, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. And one thing that I love most about Green Chef that I want to point out right away is that Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit so you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. It's actually the only meal kit, by the way, that's both plastic and carbon offset. And if you're not aware, Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle, whether you're keto or paleo or vegan or vegetarian, or you're simply just looking to eat healthier. There's a range of recipes that will suit any diet or preference, and the food is delivered right to your door. So Green Chef simply does the meal planning for you, the grocery shopping, and then the food is delivered to you, mostly prepped, by the way, week after week. So the recipes include pre made and pre-measured sauces and dressings and spices so you can get more chef curated flavor in less time and emphasis on chef quality this is quality food we're talking here your taste buds will be very satisfied with green chef i mean if you are interested in the plant powered which is the one i recommend because if you have a plant powered diet This is definitely the one for you, but these are some meals you have to look forward to that I'm excited about, like the maple cauliflower power bowls with green goddess dressing, or you might be interested in spicy cauliflower with tahini, or ooh, the black bean flautas with a kale salad with broiled corn and shallots, guacamole, and vegan aioli. Oh, delicious. You'll be able to choose from 30 easy to follow recipes every week. And I must emphasize again, it does taste gourmet chef worthy as green chefs, expert chefs design flavorful meals that go way beyond ordinary, no matter what's on your menu. And for me, I'm somebody that loves to make everything as simply as possible, but of course my palate prefers the gourmet. So it's perfect for me because most everything is pre made and pre-measured and enjoy gourmet meal. It's I love it. It's so convenient. I can't emphasize enough how convenient Green Chef is. And again, it is the most sustainable meal kit there is. So go to greenchef.com slash magic 100 and use the code magic 100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That's greenchef.com dot com slash magic 100 as in numerical 100 and use code magic 100 to get $100 off including free shipping you can also click the link in the show notes and don't forget to use magic 100 at checkout to get $100 off including free shipping bon appetit and on with the show
Okay. And then in yes. the book, do you give some advice, Kabbalah insights along with manifestation tips? I think um, because of the time of writing it, I was studying Kabbalah. I think a lot of Kabbalistic values will be are incorporated in the book, especially in the chapter that Madonna was reading from, You Are the Illuminati, which is all about you know questioning the consensus of the reality around you and taking accountability and seeing the gorgeous mathematical um patterns of, you know, times in your life that you thought were chaotic and dark and how they were actually connected to something bigger and um, kind of connecting to the bigger picture. Uh, Because I feel like that's also about the second phase of magic when you're out of the beginner's phase of just accomplishing the things that you want. And then you realize the material world is all an illusion. When you start to connect to the bigger picture, things like rejection or the person you love not loving you back, all this type of stuff starts to seem very small. And you start to think, well, what is my purpose? What am I doing here to help people to share? And um, Kabbalah is really about alchemizing our desire to share for the self alone and converting that into the desire to receive for the sake of sharing. And that's a huge magical secret and tip. Oh, yes. And along with gratitude and mindfulness, um, and you become more of a magnet of what you want. And I'm curious, why do you think all of this combined makes you so magnetic to attracting what you want? I think because it's... um, Because when we are in our default reactive state of lack and ego and... um, uh, you know, neediness, when we change ourselves into a state of appreciation and gratitude from the universal laws, you know, law of attraction 101, you know, we're, we're emitting that frequency and we're able to get it. And, you know, when we change that, that uh, obsessive need for something, we let go and we create surrender and we we're, we're out of a state of control because a lot of people get into magic and manifestation thinking that they want to control things and control reality. And those type A personalities, when they get into magic, it, it can be a little tricky, but you start to learn down the road, Hey, like just letting go and, and trusting and detaching, you know, Gabby Bernstein 101, it really works. <laughs> yep. Gabby Bernstein 101. That is so true. It's wild what I've manifested in my life that I used to write down and, you know, consciously manifest till my face turned purple. And I I let it go just because it was, you know, time let it go, yada yada. And then it came through once I genuinely let it go. And I was so excited to have manifested. it. I, yeah, I, I love that. Can I ask you kind of like a, a personal question? Like, you know, ask yeah, me, so, go for it. Um, how do you feel like you manage, you know, the, the huge magnitude of what your show has become? And you know, the everything that you've created while also sustaining like a grounded relationship with your spirituality and not letting ego get in the way. Cause I find in that a lot of people feel this frustration of like how the, the combative relationship between the material world and the spiritual world, when you are in the public and you are doing these type of things, how do you sustain a sense of internal peace and not allowing everything to kind of make you go crazy? I'll be so honest. I, 
don't really even think, and this is, this is not me saying like, like this is a practice or anything, but I genuinely don't think about it. That's the best thing to do. I think. (laughs) I guess I see sometimes when I work with the people that host this platform, I have to look at the numbers on occasion. Other than that, I'm not really paying much attention to any of that stuff. And I'm not super hypnotized by social media culture. <laughs> that's the key. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the key. That's the key because you realize that you're a manager of what you've been given, that you don't own anything no, and that what yeah. you channel and what you've created is really from from the upper worlds and that I, I relate to that as well. Like Madonna always says that we're the managers of our gifts rather than mm-hmm. the owners. Yes. Oh, exactly. We are the managers. That's beautiful. And I do feel more like that. Indeed, I feel like your own magic is its own entity and I just happen to be helping it move along, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's honestly so great because I honestly, what I've noticed from being in, in you know, the entertainment industry and seeing all these type of people who are the kind of calmest you have the most they really just do not think about it and when they realize when people like compliment them or or recognize them they they realize that they don't they don't allow it to migrate onto them they're like cool water off a duck's back you know they don't because when you let the ego take over you go crazy (laughs) that's probably it yeah exactly and I've definitely gone down spirals on occasion I don't even remember in the last one it was before the pandemic where I was like you know, I would compare myself, had a little comparisonitis to some of my peers. And I realized that I attract perhaps more of a niche group, but these are people that are like-minded people like myself. And I don't need to compare to anybody else. None of us do because we're no. providing our own and nobody, nobody is also going to be able to trumpet because it's, it's you and there's nobody else that can impersonate that. And so exactly. I, I, it's your soul's path. It's your yeah. soul's carnation. Like no one can duplicate that you're on your road. And then how about for you as well? How about you with the success and everything? And I'm curious <laughs> also with saying that what's your, so your son is cancer. What's your moon? What's your rising? What are the other moon in Sag, Capricorn rising, Venus in Leo, Mars and Taurus. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Sam, <laughs> moon in Sag, yeah. Capricorn rising. Okay. A question. Do you have a dry sense of humor? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dry sense of humor. Venus in Leo, Mars and Taurus. My Venus in Leo is is where I have to watch out for ego stuff. <laughs> same, same. My Venus is in Leo as well. I have so much Leo on my chart, so trust me, I have to watch out that ego too. <laughs> yeah, because 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 I think you know the more we practice and realizing, no matter how huge things happen outside of us, they're illusions. It always would be an illusion, and you'll always stay who you are, despite the illusion of how big things look like. To everyone else. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And do you have to find yourself humbling yourself ever? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Because after the, mm. the Madonna thing, like, I really had to ground myself back to reality because <laughs> it is the highest form of accolade, really, to me. And it was just mind blowing. But it really grounded me back to realize like what exactly what you said, like we, everyone gets a choice of what they choose to focus on. And if you don't focus on that aspect, you can fill your consciousness with the things you actually care about, which are like service, studying magic or Kabbalah or, you know, yoga or things, you know, like you get to choose that despite whatever is happening outside of you. It's your choice 
to bring it into your consciousness or not. Right. Absolutely. Amen to all of that. And also another huge thing to keep in mind is, and I'm curious about this for you because you noticed that you had a pattern that kept repeating before you were introduced to Kabbalah and therefore the pattern was probably something that happened, I'm assuming in childhood. And so what kind of child work, wounded child work do you do specifically when it comes to the need for approval and validation from others or for seeking the desires that, you know, they they might not, the ego thinks that they look shiny, but they might, they may not best serve the soul, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, this is something definitely I've, I've dealt with in my life. I think, you know, something to start off with is, is like, let's just make it very clear when someone needs someone's approval or they are in a state of lack, they don't feel good. Like it doesn't <laughs> feel good when you want something so bad or you're in the desire of, of lack or, or approval. And, you know, it does usually start out in childhood. And I feel like for me, it definitely did. And um, I, I built a a low sense of self-worth that was kind of like um, hiding in the background. And it manifested honestly in desires to be seen, to be approved, or once I'm recognized, then I'll be good enough, then I'll be valid. But the trick of that is, is that that desire within people is insatiable. So the journey can never get you fulfilled because it's inherently insatiable. It's in it's a, uh, it's scarcity, right? So, um, people you see, especially, um, I've seen a lot, like people who have so much feel like they have nothing when they have literally so much, but they can't connect to it because they're operating off of that wound. So for me, what I had to learn is, is that you have to build that inner base and that inner security within, and that, you know, even good compliments are are the same as as negative ones you like you can't be so affected by what everyone thinks because that chase is so dangerous for all of us. Yes. Oh, and I love that. Are you familiar with Gary Vee? Yeah. <laughs> See, he is somebody that I find very fascinating because he doesn't go out and study anything. He just observes and he interprets. And I genuinely believe he's basically the channeler for our times without knowing it. You know what I mean? Because he cha- he understands this and he's like, I don't allow the compliments to get to me as, as well as I don't let the negativity get to me. I just don't take it in. Give me a negative comment. He doesn't even take it in. Give him yeah. a positive comment. He's not going to take it in because it's not going to make him feel more worthy one way or another. Because the compliment, when you allow it to alter your state of consciousness, you l- allow it to affect you and then you get blinded by the self. But if you can sustain this inner contentment, this inner peace, despite what else, what people are saying, even if it's good or bad, that will accommodate your spiritual work and also your career and what you want to manifest because living in that up and down, up and down place is just chaos and it's so difficult. 100%. Short interruption for my fellow creatives and curious souls who want to expand and explore a new skill well skillshare is offering the euro magic listeners a free 
trial of their premium membership. And though I have a feeling most of you are aware of what Skillshare is, so Skillshare is an online learning community where millions come together to take their next step in their creative journey, what it's mostly known for. And Skillshare offers a variety of topics for you to explore from illustration, design, photography, fine art, music and music production, even entrepreneurship and freelance and creative writing, marketing, or even productivity and web development. A variety of options for you to explore and you can explore unlimitedly this month using their free one month trial of their premium membership. Here are a few classes that may pique your interest. The Ultimate Self-Care Playbook, Discovering and Nurture Your Centered Self with the one and only Jonathan Van Ness. Or there's also, for many people that are interested in starting a YouTube channel, there's YouTube Success, Script, Shoot and Edit with MKBHD with Marquise Brownlee. And I could see many listeners also enjoying this one, Indoor Gardening, Grow Houseplants, Veggies and Herbs with Ekta Chadhari. And I personally want to recommend this class from one of my favorite YouTubers, Nathaniel Drew, his class Creativity Unleash, Discover, Hone, and Share Your Voice Online. So whether you're a dabbler or a pro, Skillshare is for you to up-level whatever skill you're interested in with short lessons, hands-on projects, and classes designed for real life. Every human was born to create. Whether you last picked up a paintbrush yesterday or in grade school, you can explore your creativity and be inspired. So Skillshare is helping you move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold. You'll create real projects and get the support of fellow creatives so you can accomplish real growth. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash Your Own Magic, where our listeners, the Your Own Magic listeners, get a one-month free trial of their premium membership. This is also in the show notes. That's one month free at Skillshare.com slash Your Own Magic. And now on with the show. So this, I mean, speaking of difficult as well, people are probably consuming this and they might be like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do for manifestation. I got to, you know, do that inner child work and I also need to be more appreciative and I need to do these other practices or think a certain way or completely reframe my perspective. What's a simple way that they can begin manifesting instead of having to take all of this in at once? Well, I think like if if anyone is particularly overwhelmed by shadow work, um, a great time to, you know, go within yourself is during the waning moon period, during the two weeks of the dark of the moon, and kind of just write down on a piece of paper your limited beliefs or your your fears or your, um, you know, negative uh, traits. And then on the back, write down the converted version of that and the alchemized version. And by the time the new moon comes, start to figure out how you can practice incorporating those that new version of yourself and that positive version of yourself. And in this process of doing shadow work, don't create guilt or shame. Just view it all as an assessment and be like, okay, 
this is what I'm going through and this is what I can alchemize. This is what I can change. So that's one aspect of like kind of like clearing out the darkness to let the light come in. I appreciate the practicality. That's probably from your rising Capricorn as well. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I think for manifestation, I think if you're hearing this and you haven't started practicing magic, you know, this is a a tip that can help you rather than hinder you in the way that most people start practicing is try to figure out how you can make your dreams and your desires be of service to people and to inspire people or to be something that isn't just for you. You're allowed to want to accomplish things and have things just for you. But if you can really take the time to make that desire and take it to the next level and elevate it and make it about service, you'll most likely get it tenfold. So you're saying that no matter how grandiose our dreams may be or how far they are from our current reality, that if we continue this practice in time, we'll manifest it as long as we're also giving service to others in some way. I think so. Yeah. And obviously, remember, we live in the lower, you know, density in in Malhut, you know, in the material world, like, the trial, like, people don't see the behind the scenes trials and tests, and they only see the end result of, oh, he has this book out, but they don't see the years of rejection from publishers and, you know, years of, you know, um, tests and trials of, of um, having to change and evolve to match and vibrate with my goals, you know. Understand that when you open up the portals to manifestation and magic, you know, you're going to be revealing aspects of yourself that need to change to reach to where you want to get. Absolutely. Are there things that we need to be conscious of in our day to day in order to make sure that we don't forget, if that makes sense? Yeah, I mean, try not to give evil eye to people because evil eye is very powerful and try try not to uh, uh, be Uh, try to realize that, you know, with our free will, we are given this gift to have free will. So try to be conscious and accountable for your decisions and actions throughout the day and realize that in the moment you spent talking bad about someone that you might unconsciously be jealous of, you could have been doing something, an action of, of service or just sending that person good energy from a genuine place. You know, like all of our little habits throughout the day really matter. And I think um, it's so funny because like as a spiritual person, like when I lose my cool or I'm reactive, you know, people are like, oh my God, what happened to that person? But (laughs) people have to have to realize that, you know, we're all who are on this path and truly dedicated to it. We're doing the work. We're not looking for perfectionism. We're doing the work as much as we can and with as much consciousness as we can. And when we do mess up, it's not a mess up. It's just a it's just a glitch in our path. That's so beautiful to say. It's just a glitch. And also, whatever our quote-unquote mess up is, I've always taken it as, okay, this is not really a mess up. This is just a lesson and something I needed to experience to move me forward. Yeah. And it always is that. It always is that. Like, yeah. when you don't receive something that you thought you were going to manifest through magic or, you know, through Kabbalah or anything, it means that, you know, there's something better for you and also that, you know, you weren't ready to receive it yet. Because remember, when we, we have to expand the, our soul's container to receive more light. And in order to expand our soul's container is to do more positive actions and to elevate and change ourselves. Exactly. And also, I want to add that I'll give one example. Let's see. I'll do love, for example. Okay, so I tend to like to write lists and 
I sometimes don't even consciously do it as a manifestation, but just to tell myself, even though I'm aware of all this, this is the third time it's happened recently where I wrote a list about what I wanted in my future partner. And I sent it to a friend. And then literally seven days later, one week later, Sunday to Sunday, I met that exact same person, but he's also not my person, even though, no, fourth time. Oh my gosh. I just remembered the one in London. This is the fourth time (laughs) I wrote a list and it's so interesting. So it's like, we might think in our, in the moment, what type of person we want. And my list keeps evolving. And then we meet that person and then we realize, okay, well, this is what I want to continue to have, but also this is what I want to subtract. It's interesting how our first original list might not be it, but at least it's moving us forward to it. Yes, that is so true because what you just touched on is is that these people, these cosmic entanglements we get into, whether it's through romance or friendship, these people are here to teach us and reveal our aspects of ourselves that need to heal so that we can go to the next level. And yeah, maybe with love and romance, we don't always get it right, but that person we are vibrationally matching with cosmically is here to actually assist our soul work. And they even say in Kabbalah that, um, you know, uh, romance and relationships actually speed up our soul process because they reveal all Mm -hmm. of our gunk. Oh, 100%. And every guy I have a little entanglement with definitely does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it does make me feel like I move forward, even if it fails. Failing forward. I think I think Gen Z is really lucky to have all this information about like attachment styles and like love addiction and all this stuff like I know at the at the heel of their fingers that other generations have gone through all these feelings and experiences through time with people and now we, we were so hyper-conscious. Mm-hmm. And then they have access to learn all about it through, you know, social media or whatever they might Oops. watch on a TV, hopefully only on occasion. But um, <laughs> are you a millennial or are you Gen Z? I'm millennial. Well, okay, what year were you born? Uh, 94. Okay. We're also just getting into social media. I just have to ask you because, okay, the fact that you're you're like Zillennial. Don't they call it Zillennial? Oh, I, hate I don't that. know. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who cares anyway? So, <laughs> Fair enough. So you're mo- you're a millennial. You're a millennial. For those who are on social media or they simply might want to leave, how do you recommend that they deprogram from this social media culture and become and come back into alignment with their authentic self? Because you're not even on social media and you're showing that you can still be successful regardless. And I absolutely admire that. Yeah, I think it's really important for someone to be a role model for that, for young artists and for anyone alive who feels like they have to abide to this consensus of, you know, building building yourself as an image or a brand on Instagram to to accomplish your dreams, which can be very soul-sucking sometimes and very depressing. And if you're not doing it from a, a state of positivity and, and consciousness. But for for me, the reason I've decided to do this was because I had realized at some point about like five to six years ago that the world was only going to get crazier with stimulation and um Um, sensory overload. And I was already as a sensitive person getting such bad sensory overload and I couldn't handle it. And it would, it would really like make me react in a very negative way to social media and leaving it was a way to kind of purify my mind and also do what was right for me. So for most people, what I would say is if you have the opportunity to not use social media obsessively or to be on your phone all the time, try to do time blocks of where you set time to go on it and then 
you leave. Because remember, before the crazy social media smartphone addiction society, people used to go on AOL and they would leave. (laughs) They would check their email and they would leave. They want us to stay. They don't want us to leave. So we have to, with our free will, start to carve out time to do certain things in our schedule and hopefully put our fulfillment and our spirituality above all of that, you know, with as much time we, we time block in a day, but really try to carve out time that you can go on uh, to, to not allow it to control you. You don't want to go down a YouTube spiral. Uh, you don't want to go down an Instagram spiral. Uh, you don't want to spiral because that's what they want. They want our time. They want our energy. So you have to set those boundaries. It's your responsibility to do that. 100%. And my weakness is YouTube. And so it's becoming aware of that. And I've had to limit it a lot and almost cut it off in a sense. Not fully because there's like a couple that I just like to tune in on occasion. But it's one of those things. It's like Instagram has never been my weakness. I guess I've had a period or TikTok. But it's understanding what your weakness (laughs) is in a sense. Like what captivates most of your time. Because it's like I don't want my life to be glued to the screen you know yeah yeah and i think we have to also realize we're in the age of aquarius we're given this technology Mm. we're given Mm -hmm. hyper network for a positive thing and you know a positive collective will that we've seen play out in our world and you know the responsibility we have with that versus just using it as an entertainment device is 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 really about our consciousness You know, like how we use our social media should be how we plug in consciousness to it and how we use it with a non-reactive state because no one deserves to feel those feelings of, oh, that person I like just followed someone or that person I like is ignoring me and not texting me back. And I just saw they were online and all these hyper real (laughs) feelings that are a part of our new world. Like, you know, try to realize that if you are on social media and it's making you feel worse and it's making you think of things that you never think about unless you're on there, it's probably a telltale sign that you need to get off for a bit. Perfect. Amen. And go into nature or go and get creative, write your own, write your own, begin writing your own book or go create some magic with a K. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or, you know, also, you know, um, and I also think it's, it's interesting how we live in a society that is so, um, trying to normalize like binging, like, oh, Netflix binge, like watch 10 hours of TV a day or like, you know, and like anesthetize yourself. It's like, no, because from a Kabbalistic and a magical perspective, anesthetizing those feelings of not feeling good are only going to perpetuate them. If we can beat them head on like a Hydra and look at them in the face and and, and alchemize them and say, no, I'm going to convert you from chaos into light, that is is so much more powerful, but obviously the uh, companies and corporations don't want that for us. They <laughs> yep. want us to be consumers forever. Uh, exactly, exactly, because they want that money. They um, want their bag. They want their bag, indeed. <laughs> um, and that's something to definitely be conscious of. I actually, so this is my perspective, and then I want to actually get into your messaging of Age of Aquarius that we talked about before we even recorded this podcast, but I want to mention when it comes to, in my opinion, for binging, because I don't do it all the time, but there are occasions where I think it's fun because I feel already, it feels in alignment with me. I don't know how to explain that, but I feel, I feel lighted to do it. I'm excited to do it and it makes me feel good, but I think it's because I don't overdo it. 
it feels, it's so fun when I do do it. It's just whatever it feels right. You know, the path of least resistance. And in that moment. That's choice yes. though. You're not, you're because, because you already feel good and you're vibrating with feeling yes. good. It's different when you're feeling bad mm-hmm. and then you're using the Netflix to self-medicate. Exactly. That's why I totally agree with you. Like, of course, you know, if you're you're carving out time to do that and it and it assists you and it feels good and it's in alignment with you and you're taking the path of least resistance, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it to be like, oh, the guy I like on Tinder didn't match with me, so now I'm gonna watch <laughs> like five hours of TV to like self-medicate, that's not mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. for your soul. What work. do you recommend that others do um instead of binging Netflix or YouTube or Instagram or TikTok? I think kind of like maybe like learning how to how to practice like skills like dbt or cbt or you know um learning that there are tools to help us emotionally regulate when we feel um when we don't feel good and you know for the amount of money that people spend on like drinking and and shots and stuff like you know mm-hmm. you can go to therapy you can Ugh. get a trainer you can you know what i mean like it's very interesting that all of these things that are in our society that are considered to be like elite like really if we look at how much money we all spend you know you can you can go to a therapist if you choose to save the money that you spend on yes. anesthetizing yourself yes and more practical advice which i greatly appreciate and also honestly for me i had some people might consider this escapism i just sometimes i just like to read i don't know it just i love that yeah, yeah that's very nurturing i think very actually nurturing. reading is very nourishing for the soul yeah, 100%. I do feel like sometimes I'll end up reading something that for whatever reason brings some insight to what I'm going through when I am going through something. And it's not that I even meant for it to. And that can be healing in and of itself because it brings something to light for me that I can face. Exactly. And and obviously like what we were, you know, what we're going to talk about is about how, you know, society has become more immaterial, right? And, you know, when you do things like touch a book or you develop an attachment with a book and there's tactility and and, and you're in in the physical and you're in your body, it's very different than, you know, the immaterial experiences of consuming things virtually. It feels very different. Absolutely. I love that Madonna, one of her biggest songs is called Material Girl. Yeah. yeah. She's. <laughs> I don't know what the true message is behind it. I've never dived into it, but I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I think that captured th- that time in society and that era oh, of yeah. hyper consumerism. And, and she learned on her own soul work and her own soul path, how the material world, no matter how huge she became, would never fulfill her. Uh, is that what the song's about? No. In retrospect, okay. I think she's she's remixed yes. it on a tour yes. to make it sound scary and like get that message right. across. But, Fair. But, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. That's so beautiful. Okay. And then you were also, right before we were talking about this, you wanted to deliver a message given the fact that we're in this age of Aquarius. Do you remember what that message was? Yeah, I feel like, you know, our society and our technology is starting to mirror the astral plane, the Akashic records, the virtual, the immaterial. And you know what they say in the upper world, communication is all through images and symbols. And, you know, what has blown up these past few years is everyone talking in memes and just not talking in words, everyone just sending pictures and messages. You know, we are kind of in this endless hyper network where there's almost instant manifestation you know someone can become a youtuber with 500,000 subscribers in a month you know and all of these we can reach all of these 
people and you know the the way that TikTokers have helped my book reach out, get it get out there to teenagers across the world and and all of these type of things that we never used to have access to you know mirrors the immaterial in the age of Aquarius and you know I feel like though as we are easing up into that there is a level of responsibility and accountability because it's kind of like we have this endless fountain like the akashic records where you can just like you know get a cup and and manifest something so so quick with the way we can connect to people like you know we can literally download people or food to our front door faster than people could download an mp3 file in 1999 like 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 we can really affect the material world in 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 such a fast way and i feel like with that we need to have responsibility Yes, absolutely. And that brings us to everything we just talked about when it comes to, when you say responsibility, do you also mean self-responsibility? Self-responsibility. Yeah. I think, I think realizing that excess in, in, in a violent way is only going to harm us. So if we can do things in contained ways, um, we can, you know, and, and this isn't from a self-punishing way, right. You know, it's not about, um, uh, you know, not allowing myself out of fear, but in a point of realizing, okay, we have a lot of abundance available to us in this internet age of information, of videos, of anything. The fact that you can kind of search something and and then immediately have millions of results is very surreal. And we're all just getting used to it in what, 20 years of, of internet culture. So it's not a lot of time. So we have to try to figure out how can we engage with all of this information with balance and and not have it hurt us or harm us. And also to be aware of who you are as a person, I think is very important because I forgot who it was. Gretchen, I don't remember her last name, but she was a researcher and she noticed that there are some humans that do do better completely cutting certain things out of their life instead of trying to moderate it. And Wow, beautiful. I know. And she, she what did she write? Oh, I wish I remembered her name and her books, but they were so great. I think it, one of them was called The Happiness Project, but she noticed that her herself, she has to, she's called, she calls them abstainers. And I think the other one's moderators. And she herself, she can't just eat one piece of a chocolate bar. She has to have the whole thing. She has a hard time, you know, completely, whatever she overindulges in, she'll overindulge in. So she herself has to cut things out. And there are other people that, you know, as we're all so vastly different are wired that way. And then there's others. I consider myself more, I can moderate things. I have no problem, you know, balancing things out for some reason, but I definitely have compassion for those because I've witnessed it in a family that has a lot of addictive behavior. I can see why that that is very crucial to be aware of where you're at with this. Yes, that that's exactly true. It's it's not one fixed advice. It's all for every individual. And I also have, you know, struggled with addiction before and in, in understanding that, you know, um, I'm straight edge now. So like, I just like, I yeah. just, I'm, I just live a straight edge lifestyle Good and for you. that, and that is what works for me. And, you know, I always, always people, especially in my twenties, you know, um, have isolated me from social scenarios or any type of, um, opportunity to, to, you know, hang out and stuff like that because of, because I choose to live a straight edge lifestyle because, they feel like I am not a part of the the social herd by by choosing to abstain, but I know that I have to do that for my path and the sacrifices that come with that. Um, 
and the long-term fulfillment is so much more greater than the loss of short-term gratification. Absolutely. So beautifully said. And in fact, you probably don't even really feel like you're sacrificing much anymore, no. huh? Which is the no, mo- no. beauty of it. And by the way, I remembered her name. It's Gretchen Rubin. And the book, I believe, is called The Four Tendencies. Oh, amazing. I'm going to check it out. It's so great, you know, because she's a researcher. She really dives into this stuff. And something, yeah, she's someone I highly recommend. I discovered her when I started listening to podcasts in 2015 and her podcast I think is oh man I forgot what it was called like happiness happy project but she's great it's so crazy how like 2015 seems like an entirely different universe oh, like it's I not know. even like this I... planet <laughs> you know it was in another decade so that makes sense but it does it feels so vastly different far away because we were just emerging out of the 2012 epidemic in a sense where people weren't recognizing it but there was a huge conscious shift oh yeah yeah. honestly that conspiracy theory that like (laughs) like an aspect of the world ended in 2012 i know really resonates i know i'm glad they pointed out it's a conspiracy theory because i have taken it as very literal for some reason because this was before the whole conspiracy stuff but there are some i'm somebody that there are some conspiracies i'm not gonna lie that definitely do make sense and resonate like that one but um there are others that don't no 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 of course and like I think it, <laughs> I, I, that's why I love Gaia, you know, because of like all of the yes. all the multi-dimensional things. And I think it's also good in this time to you know empathize with opinions that we disagree with and realize that every person is on their own journey and on their own path. And if we can come with people with compassion and light and try to listen to their perspective and try to migrate how they see the world rather than just be reactive, that's also a very good tool to surviving the 2020s because we're going to need a lot of empathy for this era. (laughs) It's crucial. It's so, so crucial. Everybody's fighting fire with fire. You got to take your cancer sun. I'll take my cancer rising. We'll bring some water to it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) <laughs> no, but seriously, everybody, it's it's so, so, so true. I But it's hard to remember. get people to under... It's It can be hard to remember. Eh, yeah, yeah. I think it for a lot of people, it could be hard to remember. But also, one of my greatest challenges is uh, sharing about... I guess it's not really a challenge, but... Because people are so polarized at this time, and they're set in their beliefs. Yes. So it's hard to be open to hear everyone's perspective without getting so angry yes yes and and i think it we've um as a culture now decided to censor ourselves in fear of um making people angry you know because because we don't want to put anyone through being triggered or hurt or in harm's way so it's kind of it is a bit of an occult time to kind of sometimes keep your beliefs secret and 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 keep keep uh keep your thoughts very precious to you. And that was another thing about social media that I, I feel that I, I don't align with is, is like um, oversharing in, in the way of kind of posting too much and revealing too much of myself. I think that protecting aspects of me is very important and that I would like people to engage with me through the work that I'm putting out in the world and not through like, if I drink a certain tea or something, you know, like, Like, you know, like through like the, or like if I, you know, get a brand sponsorship or something like that, which is totally cool. But like for my (laughs) own path, like I just don't, 
I just don't want that. Near. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You don't want with it. Yeah. yeah. I totally, I honor that fully. Also, it's interesting that you say that. I recently felt the only way you can describe this is that it's an energetic feeling. That's the only way I'll be able to describe it. And I think most people listening understand, but I posted something about how on my birthday this past week, I woke up and I actually was feeling very depressed, but I wasn't, mm. I, I wasn't bothered by it, you know, because I was just like, okay, so something is. I think that something inside of me right now is dying and I'm mourning it energetically and that's okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense in the way you were uh, um, able to, you know, share that and also show that, you know, from a state of mindfulness, if we're just observing, we really see that feelings and emotional states do pass by and are transient. And if we don't act reactive in a state of depression and we don't reach out to an external thing to numb us and we just go you know what i'm going to feel these pulsing sensations and as much as excruciating as it is and i'm going to believe that it will pass and usually it always passes like the same visitors come to me during the dark of the moon oh interesting (laughs) like the same feelings and the same beliefs and i and i always am patient and i'm like you know you're not getting me and it ends absolutely exactly and also when I did post that, I had another weird feeling again after because I was posting how it did end and I had an amazing night the rest of my night. Yeah, intuitive posting. Yeah, because birthday blues, birthday depression is very common. And I don't, it's so common. And especially as we age, and it's not the fact that because aging is so beautiful, it's not the fact that, oh, we're a year older, but yes. it's, we're starting a new chapter. And I feel like we're just killing off a piece of ourselves that we're mourning and we don't recognize it. So to not be upset with the birthday blues or depression if that comes, but to just witness it, sit with it. And it really, it will pass yeah. and celebrate the present of the present. Yeah. And, and honestly, using social media to display your vulnerability as strength is, is also very important too. And you intuitively did what you had to do. And yeah, of course, I think aging it's, you know, so many versions of ourselves die, you know, and, and we have to grieve the loss of the versions of ourselves that are gone, but to really realize we're reemerging and we're only getting more wiser and, and things are getting better as we, as we age and aging is a privilege as well. And I agree with you, like totally, that's also a process that I, I go through personally every like with the with the waning moon and the new moon and the full moon cycle like I always lose a version of myself to reemerge as a new person on the new moon. Right. Oh, that's so beautiful. So you go through this monthly this blues feeling you're saying. <laughs> Yes, yes. I put myself through it. I put myself through it. You put yourself through it. And that's so powerful. And then how do you feel when it's released? I feel really good. And I feel like, you know, a big problem. I don't mean, I don't know if you'll relate to this, but do you know the feeling of like being frozen in the approval that like once exists from a specific person in your past and like, oh, yeah, I feel like as a cancer son, I relive that feeling like 50 times a day. And I finally started to realize like, oh my God, like, just be grateful that that once existed and now move forward. And that was just so freeing coming up in this dark of the moon. I feel so much better. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. And you sound so light. When I started to talk with you, I was like, oh, I just love his energy. I'm sure I would have loved your energy regardless of when it was, but (laughs) yeah, you just sound so light. 
Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've been talking about our signs a little bit throughout this, and I know it's so important to and so powerful for us to be aware of our birth charts. Yes, especially when it, even when it comes to manifesting, apparently. So I'm curious why this is important to analyze and understand fully. Well, I find that you know, with astrology, you know, it is it is it is a way to organize our personality, organize aspects of ourselves through understanding archetypes. So if you can have this system of looking at your birth chart of being like, okay, you know. What gifts come from my, you know, let's say Aquarius sun and or my um, Pisces moon? And you can write all of those, you know, attributes that you identify with by studying the archetype and be like, okay, yeah, I am like that. Or, you know, whatever your intuitive interpretation of what your chart is, or if you get a chart reading and it really hits, you know, kind of keeping track of all of this data and then seeing, okay, well, what is actually hindering me in my chart. And then realizing that's your biggest gift. That's that's what you can, that's your alchemy. That's what you can change to create more space for light to come in. And, you know, for magic, astrology is very important. Like if you can study the moon phases um, to align with your certain architectural magic, like, you know, um, then like if you want to do like a work success spell, like you would understand to do that on a Capricorn full moon or a Capricorn new moon or a Capricorn waxing, you know, and getting aware of the the astrological um, moon and and, uh, the planets and all that type of stuff is very important to assist you in your magic, but um, don't be overwhelmed by it, you know, just take it slow and try to do intuitive magic at first, if that helps. Yes, absolutely. Where can we, well, aside from the intuitive magic, of course, where can we get this other information depending on the moon and how we manifest with that moon? Well, um, you can get a witch's date book, which has um, information about what phases the moon are in, in that day. And you can also go online and just look up, you know, what moon is what what phase is the moon in today or what sign is the moon in today and sort of use all of the technological assistance that you have available all the akashic records to find out that info and it's really important if you're practicing magic to stay um to document how you feel on the full moon and the new moon and in the dark of the moon and and in the light of the moon and and see these patterns you know study yourself to see what patterns and coincidences are coming up because those are going to be the keys of, of your soul's path. Oh, this is all so helpful. So, so helpful. And I'm somebody, so I feel like we're different in a sense. And also a lot of guests I have on, I feel different in, in a sense. And I want to bring this up because I think that there are some people listening that are kind of like me where it's like, we do understand all of this and uh, get it right away. It's like, we hear it, we understand it, we comprehend it, but you know, it might not click or we might not practice it right yeah, away yeah. depending on the moon or we might not understand it right away looking at our chart or we get confused by uh, you know our birth charts or there's so many things as well i mean human design and jinkies yeah. like there's so many things yeah exactly what do you recommend for those that might not because it's so overwhelming it might not click well i would say you know what if if astrology is overwhelming you or and or you don't really you know believe in it um, try to actually do a trial and error, you know, try to do a ritual on a, a Virgo moon that manifest that is aligned with the archetype of Virgo and see, see what manifests and also try to um, realize that you don't need to learn everything about astrology or the occult or magic in one day. 
this is the reason we study this is because we we do it in increments and we just learn as we go along. So try to look up some YouTubers who are astrologers, be like Astrology 101 or, you know, we're such a, I mean, the everyone in this world is are, are all self-taught and learning everything from all of the the courses and all of the information we have out there. So try to just look, look up some stuff and, and be like, okay, what is astrology or how can I use astrology to help my life or ask, ask some questions to the Akashic records, Grier internet thing. And, and uh, just like, you know, shake the magic eight ball and, and see what comes up, you know, and, and honestly understand that if it is complex, understand that, yeah, it is very overwhelming. I still struggle with understanding sextile mars you know oh gosh it's just like my head explodes but some people can do it naturally you know it's just exactly all different exactly that's why i just honestly just kind of focus mostly on what clicks what sticks and i just think that i'm here to learn a variety of things but not master something yet i mean i have mastered something but not certain studies and that might be somebody listening as well i agree with that but i'm i am more intrigued now when you said i see like i said that i like to focus on one thing that really resonates and when you said all right focus on the planet that might be holding you back can you explain more of that because that's really interesting to me and is yours the venus leo well i think i think for me like from a capitalistic point of view like a lot of my chart holds me back because um i i i i uh, when we're on a spiritual path we we start to be actually more conscious and hyper aware of our our negative traits because we're looking at the light and we're studying the polarity but when we look at there's I don't like negative darkness. Like look at it as low instead of high. Like don't add negative connotation to it. Just say, okay, well, here are some lower traits of mine that I need to elevate into a higher place. Like don't bring negative self-talk into it. But for me, when I study the planets and be like, oh, okay, my Cancer Sun, my Mars and Taurus, my Cap Rising, this is what's holding me back. I, I, um, I change and I elevate. My Mars is in Taurus too. Oh, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. Very good advice, by the way. I know where my, I guess I'm going to call it weak spots. I don't know. That's kind of negative. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like in Kabbalistically, it would be correction, tikkun, the thing that we have to correct Mm. and change. And and right. that's all literally based in alchemy. You know, the reason I wrote Pop Magic was because I wanted to show everyone that magic and alchemy inherently is non-dogmatic and non-discriminatory. So here's a book where you can look at realizing that you can actualize your own spirituality using these ingredients that work for you. You don't need to be intimidated by the consensus of witchcraft and you need an athemi and a you know a pentagram bowl or any of that type of stuff it's like no you get to choose you get to play with the universe you get to decide and then ultimately build your own spiritual path and that's why people need to understand who are listening to this is that nothing is essential you have to decide you have to listen to yourself Absolutely. So I just opened up your book, by the way. <laughs> and I opened it up to page 66. It just I just opened up I was like, okay, whatever message or whatever topic comes up, this is what I'm going to ask about. And it says Ariana Grande is a powerful magical alchemist. So for whatever reason, we're talking about Ariana Grande on this podcast, and I'm here for it. Why is she a powerful alchemist? Well, I think because um, when when we saw all of her violent life interruptions happen to her that she had no preparation for in the public eye. 
um, Mac Miller dying, you know, the Manchester bombing, um, you know, Pete, all of this, all of this stuff, all this human stuff happening to her in public. Um, she decided to, to convert all of that chaos and all that pain into, into her art and writing. And when she made the album, thank you next, it became one of her biggest records and, and her most, one of her most successful albums. And, um, allowing yourself to to convert what you've been given and seeing your pain as a seed as an opportunity you know obviously it's not easy to get there right away but once you settle into it and you say okay i'm going to use this interruption and use it as as a part of my divine order my divine plan and create something out of it i'm going to build something out of this i'm going to do something with it rather than be at the chains of the pain Exactly. Alchemize your pain into some form of art and you will likely be rewarded in some way, whether it's totally alleviating and healing, whatever it is, or, you know, something else where other people are feeling it too and enjoying it too. And there's an audience for everyone in this world. Like, come on, like, look at, 100%. Look at the Gen Zers with all their weird TikTok oh. songs that I have no idea. And then you click Dude. the person and they have like nine <laughs> 90 million listeners and you're like who are you it's just so different from the, oh from the society that i grew up in right you grew up in with mtv and like yep. all of us looking at the same place and seeing all the same things and and just constantly being brainwashed like all the time i know everyone's plugging into their own algorithm yeah, 100%. And it can be a little dangerous, but it's also it could be very, very enriching. Um, so enriching. So enriching. And also, I want to add to that. I mean, you and I connected because you you said that you were a friend of Marin. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, yeah. she just blew up really fast on TikTok. In fact, this is a one manifestation tip I think you might also agree with is you don't have to share everything with people but there are some things like for example when I shared my list I ended up manifesting and what she did was before yeah. this was right before she got TikTok I think everybody's was saying that she needs to get on TikTok as an astrologer telling her that at the retreat and then we were in Sedona and she comes up to me and she's like you know I want to also be a thought leader we were just talking about that and I was like, cool. You know, I wasn't thinking that it was going to happen in two weeks from that moment. Like yeah. she hadn't even had. She has a strong will. <laughs> I know. She did not have TikTok yet or anything, but she took that advice. She ran with it. And then, and she blew up really, really fast. Really and fast. She, really fast. And she's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. But I was like, I think about it as like, well, she did confide in me and say that she wants to be a thought leader. And so that's one thing. And I'm sure she shared it with other people. And she also does work with magic. Yeah. Yeah. She manifested a lot, a lot for herself. And I feel like um, she also learned a lot from her manifestations and on her path and, and, and kind of teaching you like, you know, with our self-will and how powerful this stuff is that when you play with it, you know, if you have a huge desire, you might you most likely will receive what you're asking for. And um, there's a responsibility and accountability in, in how we handle what we get and, and how we react to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm very proud of her. Even with everything of course. she's been through hell. I hope that nobody listening has put her through that hell. And yeah, 
That's all I'm going to say. And she's that. and she's only an, a human being, yeah. and you know, a part of. And we have to look think about it, like in the point of your early twenties. Like she should be allowed to make mistakes and learn yes. about herself in private without surveillance, because a part of that time of, of formation is 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 uh, learning about who you are through making mistakes. And she's a human, and making mistakes is is a part of the process of how we discover who we are. And you can't ever erase that process or, or vilify the process. 100% amen. And though we were talking about ages and Gen Z, millennials, millennial and all that, I actually kind of see a lot of ages these days. Like 1994 and I'm 1990, to me, it literally feels the exact same. I know it sounds weird to yeah, say, it but I, it's, it, it, it is, it is. And I, I don't know, ages all merge together now. But man, when I was 23, it didn't. And I was not nearly where this amount of consciousness and expansion where she's at and other Gen Zers. So Gen Zers listening, I want to say I'm very impressed and proud of y'all. Exactly. Like you guys are like studying the secrets of the universe while I was watching the hills. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right? Actually, oh, this was one other thing that I wanted to say is I learned about the law of attraction, but not to the degree how I know about it now or manifestation, but I learned it through the secret when I was 15. So that was in 2005. And... I was obsessed with it, but I got discouraged because I was taking its advice, which was not nearly to the degree that people need to. Like I was just, I, I was blind to it all as I, this was like the first thing I ever saw. And I watched that movie over two dozen times. I'm not kidding. Like back to back almost every night I was obsessed. I love that. Um, <laughs> it was actually my PE class because my PE teacher didn't want to ever really do any physical activity. So she put it on, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm serious. Anyway, so I learned about it in a PE class and I was obsessed. And I look back at that now and I'm like, okay, that was only the seed. And now more and more people are starting to learn about it. And no wonder there's something called TikTok and other things out there because people are also trying to manifest an audience or, you know, something like that. And so that's why TikTok manifested. Yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because I I remember that feeling of, you know, in the world back then when like, you know, we would hear about things like the secret or spiritual things or angel cards or tarot cards. And like, it was so occult and so mystical. And now it's just so much a part of our cultural, most people's cultural dialogue. And just because of the way that the media, social media makes it a mix mash of everything. Right. So back then though, like uh, coming across this occult information in this accessible format was so mind blowing for so many people. Yep. Absolutely. And a lot of people are, I think, I don't know if Ariana Grande consciously manifests where she is, but I know that she is naturally magnetic. And I think a lot of people are just naturally because there's an other degree without having to understand all this stuff. It's smart that if you feel like you're not there yet, that you have the information, like for example, pop magic, the book to access this information. But some people I've noticed just naturally have it oh yeah some people are just are just natural naturally born and she's openly talked about how kabbalah has helped her manifest to where she is ariana grande yeah oh i did not know that but i must say i mm, it was she would not remember me it was a brief meet before she was ariana grande you know what i mean before she was super big yeah yeah. and when i met her there's only a handful of people in my life that i met 
in person and I was like, just, there was a strong energy magnetic pull that I could not describe it. I was like, she was so magnetic. She stood out to me more than any of the other celebrities that were there. I don't know what it was, but she, there was something about her and I could not describe it. And I understand now she just has a magnetic pull. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I also think you made such a great point. Like, a part of sort of understanding, like when we look at every person's individual path is realizing they're unfolding their destiny and you have your own destiny to unfold. So learn about your destiny. And I promise that it'll feel good and it'll be high vibrational and be aligned with you because it's your soul's work and why you came here. So beautiful. With that being said, just one last question. How do we uncover or unfold our destiny or what's one step at least we can take i think we have to have a conversation with with our our higher self or our in our deepest part of our soul and say what 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 do i desire what where do i see myself what do i want what makes me feel so good what do i want to express and Mm -hmm. and then trying everything in your in your unlimited possibilities to to build a life that accommodates what you envision for yourself. And then sometimes the ego might kick in and be like, I can't afford that or I can't do that. Yeah. How do we kick yeah. that one out? Yeah. And also, you know, it's so funny. Like it's, you know, I love Stephen Pressfield and the book, The War of Art. I think it's like one of yes. the books oh, ever written. So good. And, um, you know, you have to understand like resistance is just like a background noise. It's like a white noise on like, it's just like, it's just this like glitch in the background. And, no matter how horrible your self-doubt is, if you can try to build a relationship with bypassing that self-doubt, oh my God, the mm-hmm. things that will happen are just, you'll have no idea of what your real capability is because I used to be plagued yep. by that yep. fear. Yep. Oh, amen. And I used to be plagued by the fear of being um, manipulated. And th- I bring this up because Robert Greene, I actually have his book sitting across from me right now, The 48 Laws of Power. I want to recommend that book <laughs> for others like me. That One thing that holds me back is I'm so gullible and I've learned this. And so now I've had to understand more about how other humans work. I've definitely had my fair share of being manipulated in love and life and yada yada. And so that book has really helped me understand more. And that's why I also, because I could easily believe any conspiracy someone would tell me or yada yada. And now I like, I really can see past it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And- I really relate to that, actually. Um, I think that it's so funny you actually brought this up because this that what you just said is actually one of the biggest themes that have come up in my shadow work that I'm almost like in shock, like you clairvoyantly tapped into it is, is that exact thing. Like I want, cause I've, I've allowed so much dark people to slither into my life and I'm kind of like realizing now, like, wow, I really have to set strong steel boundaries mm-hmm. and I have to look for the red flags and yeah. I have to not allow history to repeat itself. 100%. I found the red flags also in influencers. And I'm not going to say names, but I'm just going to say this for people. (laughs) If they are trying to make themselves seem almost like God, or they have all the information and wisdom of the universe, um, be careful. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Be careful of that. (laughs) I talk about that in the book. Um, Be very careful of anyone who is saying they're the reincarnation of a certain person oh, or they are yep. they are channeling um they're they're tapping to a godlike 
frequency and yep. that you have to do this to get there. I stopped. Like, be, I had to stop. Be, there were yeah. so many dark messages that I, I loved this person as well. And there are a couple people of mine. And then I could, uh, yep, be careful, guys. Be very, very careful. And and also remember when, you know, Kapala used to be like known to be a secret for that to only access when you're like 40 years old, because, you know, when you go down the rabbit hole of the occult, like you have to, you have to be very careful. So be very like, you know, when you're excited about all of this stuff, like monitor how you consume it. And also just always question when you read, if you read my book, question it, question everything, you know, it, look at everything with a sense of critical thinking and don't, have any type of oath or ob obligation unless you feel that in yourself of what feels right for you in the universal laws. Oh, amen. This has all been so much gold, Alex. I'm so excited for everyone to hear this. Me too. You just shared so many messages that I and I just needed to get out there and release, especially during this era that we're in that you and I have been talking about. It's also really weird. Like before I came on, and before, like, uh, the show, like, all these angelic, like, really high vibrational frequencies started to come around me. Like, I could, I can only describe it as, like, how energy feels, like, certain specific frequencies. And, like, my whole hand was buzzing. And, like, you must have a lot of good angels around you all the time. Oh, my God. Wait, that makes me cry. <laughs> that makes me want to cry. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I like to hear that. <laughs> Yeah, it's so awesome. That yeah. makes me feel good, especially if they they made themselves so apparent all the time. And then sometimes it seems like they're not, but I think that it's more so their like trust that we're just here. You don't have to like Certainty. get that. Yeah, TBA. Exactly. Logic. So that was sweet for you to say. That meant a lot. Yay. Wow. So much magic. Wow. <laughs> so much magic. Um, are you ready for a random fire? Oh my God. Yeah, sure. Do you have any other messages you want to share before a random fire? Um, no, no, no. Everything, everything is Let's great. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I feel, I feel, um, I feel like I'm just so grateful to, I think this is like one of my favorite things I've done. So I'm so grateful. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Random fire. Uh, coffee or tea? Um, herbal tea, no caffeine. You're like no vices. <laughs> no. I, I suffered too much in my past life as a Taurus. I abused access. Oh, interesting. My north node is in Scorpio. So you're, oh, I was going to ask you that. So that means what's your south node then? Taurus. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Curious with this caffeine thing. This is not part of the random fire, but I'm somebody that is so caffeine tolerant, but I understand that. Oh, it was bad for me. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, it was dark. Right. You get the jitters and stuff. Oh, it was yeah. dark. So it was like, it was a bad yeah, thing. Up and down, jitters, like, ugh, no. Okay. No caffeine. Anxiety. Yeah, anxiety, heartbeat. Gotcha. The whole nine. Ah, <laughs> oh, I've never experienced that, but I have full compassion <laughs> and I'm happy that there's herbal tea for you. I love that. <laughs> uh, plants or crystals that you have to pick um, one. Crystals, because they make me feel like I'm transporting to somewhere else they make me feel so the, the vibration and frequency of i love selenite a yeah. lot i love fluorite a lot i love mm -hmm. amethyst oh crystals are so special they just take you to that that wonderment of magic oh yeah <laughs> they they really really do i have to have them around when i am podcasting because it, yes, it just you know sets the mood early bird or night owl oh um early bird for sure like i like to go to bed at like 
nine or 10. <laughs> yep. Grandpa. Hello. Cap rising. <laughs> What's your morning and our evening routine? Like? Okay. So my morning routine, um, I do transcendental meditation every morning, um, TM. Um, and then I do a, a group of Kabbalistic prayers and, um, gratitude appreciation. And then I visualize my day and I, and I've stopped visualizing specific things be, in my day because I realized that the light has so much more abundance to give to me than just my own consciousness. So I just visualize me going to bed, feeling safe, protected, and with abundance. That's beautiful. I love that. And so you've done a retreat or something with transcendental meditation where you have been given your own secret phrase. <laughs> yes, I have. Amazing. Yes, the David Lynch Foundation gifted it to me. Right. Beautiful. <laughs> what time of day are you the most productive and what time of day are you the most creative? Um, well, I usually try to make sure that every day, like I'm writing for like six hours. Wow. So like 8 a.m. to 2.30. Yeah, because... I know everyone's like, oh, like I understand like detach and like, you know, all that type of stuff. But I really, I really on my path feel it's important to reenact my a skill and, and get better and learn and have like an athletic relationship towards it. What is your writing process like? Oh my God. Well, when I was younger, it was really chaotic, like very fragmented notes and all that type of stuff. And um, it, it was an explosive thing. And it was something I tried to resist a lot. Like I didn't really want to be a writer. Like it was like my, it was my will that I was resisting. And my soul kind of like, was like, you know, you have to do this. Like, and the, and as soon as I started to um, surrender, you can imagine how everything started to come together in my life. So now that I have a more uh, less chaotic relationship with it. Um, it's a process of like, you know, uh, critical thinking, you know, what, what I want to imagine into the world, you know, I ask myself a lot of questions and I'm just kind of writing on my laptop. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. What are you most enchanted by? I feel like um, just like the opportunity to be alive because oh, I had – I, I was I, w I was a childhood cancer survivor, so I had cancer when I was twelve, and I it really built a lot of resentment um, as a teenager. Like I, I I built this victim consciousness that the world was trying to hurt me or the world was dangerous, and it manifested in like you know OCD and like a lot of safety behaviors and fear and all that type of stuff. So right now I'm just very grateful of trying to appreciate every moment as a gift. Wow. How did we not get to that in the beginning? That is, wow. You're it's a amazing. finale thing. It's a, <laughs> it's a finale thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Wow. True, true survivor. I'm happy that you're here. Thank you. <laughs> what animal do you connect with most spiritually? Well, I feel like um, I've, I, I really love, uh, oh, this is hard because I really love the ocean and I like. I feel like I I, I connect to mythological creatures. <laughs> like, does, does that, like I like. I really like. I really like the idea of like mermaids. Yeah, like, I see that fairies and like you know also like the like mystical creatures and also I really love Greek mythology like Hercules like Hydra yes. and um, just like seeing the metaphors in in life trials in like Herculean mythology. Beautiful. I love that you're also in. <laughs> British Columbia and I mean do you feel fairies around there you say oh, you're in yeah. British Columbia right yeah, yeah it's so beautiful here I love the Pacific Northwest I really do I'm actually it's so 
special. Genuinely thinking about going to Vancouver in September. And if not, sometime next year for sure. But I'm genuinely thinking wow. about it. Wow. Yeah. Keep in touch. I mean, Canada's <laughs> open now. Finally. I've been dying to go back. I love it there so much. Yeah, of course, oh, I'll let so you know. so beautiful. <laughs> uh, the universe gifted you several free billboards to share one message for the world to see. What would it be? Oh, wow. Um, um, change yourself and you'll change the world. Period. I love that. This is the last question that I ask all the Euro Magic guests. How would you advise the Euro Magic listeners to create their own magic? I would advise them to not listen to any self-doubt that is coming from outside of them or inside of them and to listen to their deepest desires and instincts and realize that it's a gift for them to actualize the things that they that they want to see in the world and that they do deserve it and to live life with appreciation and gratitude and trying to um tread lightly in, in this time in this time in the world we're in oh my gosh i have chills beautiful <laughs> where can everyone connect with you not on social media but if anybody can if you don't want anybody to that's okay too <laughs> It's very 1998, but I love I when love people it. write me letters. I have an email. Maybe you'll put it in the description. It's fanmail at alexkazemi.com. And so you can write me letters um, if you loved this podcast or if I helped you in any way. And also there's popmagic.com. So popmagic.com is yeah. where you can find the book and more info about me. And then my website is alexkazemi.com. So yeah, just fighting on the World Wide Web. <laughs> <laughs> like it's 1998. I yeah. love it. I'm going to definitely put all of that in the show notes. You're the second person to provide their email instead of anything else on the podcast. And I'm here for it. I love it. We're, we're, changing, we're changing the consciousness. Right. And you've also inspired me. People probably would not be surprised if I end up quitting social media because I rarely post. I haven't posted on my actual feed in a year, over a year. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people get to connect to you here. Just download Exactly. <laughs> I do keep it for my DMs, I guess, and to share stories on occasion. I yeah. Like yeah. Or you could just Instagram. change your, your your relationship to it. Or you could, you know, if you yeah. want to be really crazy, you could get an assistant or someone to run it for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have some friends that do that. It makes it very successful, but I, I'm i good. I don't, I, I want to be the one in charge of my social media because I want to be the one to connect. Oh yeah, of course. I think that's, I think that's what people love about it is the vulnerability i love that you have a fan mail account that's <laughs> i love that do you, do you remember aim yeah of course Ugh. do you remember your username so i had msn but obviously aim was around i mean i had aim for okay. iChat in like 2006 and 2007 2008 but like my childhood okay um gotcha email was like party boy pina colada <laughs> <laughs> Kid, pina colada. Oh my yeah, god! I think because I had pina colada in Mexico. A total one eighty. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Mine was all American rejects, girl. So whatever. Oh wow, um, Tyson Ritter. Exactly. And what a blondie, Tyson Ritter. Did you oh, hear about all American rejects at Hollister or no? Oh, no. What, oh, okay. when did that? I don't know. I I was obsessed with just watching MTV. I I loved all the pop music. Um, <laughs> as a fan of everybody. Just you know, I mean, I was a, I'm a I'm a multi Leo. What can you expect? Did you watch Rim Raiders? 
I did. Oh my gosh. That was crazy. That's just so crazy in retrospect. I watched everything. <laughs> well, that was on MTV at least, I swear. <laughs> Me too. Programmed forever. You can't take away my Viacom nope. MTV chip. <gasps> it's so, it's so deep in me. <laughs> My Viacom MTV chip. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I get lit up every time I hear any nostalgic music. Oh, it's, it's, it's just a reminder of, of uh, <laughs> Simpler times, but simpler times. Yeah, yep. it, it, we yep. have to we have to try to bring the torch of the simpler times into the complex era Today. we're in right now. And that's why, if anybody feels called to get rid of social media, here's your sign. I won't be offended if I lose you as a follower. If that's going to be the best for your mental health. And if you get a flip phone, that's a bonus too. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've actually thought about that too. That's so funny. I love that. Anyway. This has been so fun, Alex. <laughs> this has been so great. I feel like we were just like astral traveling. I know. <laughs> we need to talk. You need to come on again, whether you have a book out or not, because oh, there's amazing. so much Thank more you. that we can tap into. And I'll let you know if I'm in Canada. Thank you so much. Yes, of course. <laughs> Yomis, that is a wrap. That is a wrap for this episode. I hope that something spoke deeply to you, expanded you in some way. Please let me know if so. You can catch me on Instagram at Raquel Mantra. I spell Raquel a different way than most, so you can see the spelling in the show notes. Or hang out with the Yomis, the like-minded, very conscious and expansive and helpful souls on the Euro Magic Facebook group especially a place to turn to when it comes to, well, whatever you're going through. And there are several tools on the euromagic.life membership site. All right, well, thank you so, so much and have a magical rest of your day. <laughs>